Episode 46 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. You join us always by me, Simon Stanley, and my three usual co hosts, Rich Setrone, Dave Hart, and Gavin Marshall. How are you doing, guys? Pretty yeah, good. Great. 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 Um, do you know, can I just great, say. Can, great day. A great oh, day. Great, great. What's, what's great, so great no, about no, it? Dave said he was. No, no, Dave said he was doing great. I'm full of the, the vigours of, of summertime. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the most <laughs> I've ever heard you. Well, I'm drunk. Okay. <laughs> well, that explains it. <laughs> well, uh, moving away from Dave's vigours, um, a couple, of, a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, firstly, our uh, our one and only uh, Rich Setrone uh, failed to tell us that it was his birthday last week, so a belated happy birthday to him. Um, as oh. much as he would prefer us not to, to tell anyone. Um, Are we going to sing? No, we're not going to sing. Just just because we don't, nobody wants to hear that, to be honest. But um, Rich, are you one of these people that won't tell anyone how old you are? Yes. Okay. Well, we we won't ask. I'll tell you. Um, but thank you for the birthday wishes. Thank you. Um, I'm 59. Oh, so hey. I, no, yeah. we're a big one. Nearly yeah. a big one. Yeah. So, yeah. I I, and, you know, for years, I never told anyone how, how old I was. And then I got to a point where I was like, eh, whatever. You know? What's the secret? Holy water or something? That good Berg upbringing, I guess. I don't know. You don't look a day over 58, Rich. Thank you. <laughs> you get any good gifts? Uh yeah. Let's see. Um, what did I get? I got this. Uh, I got this cool thing from Sideshow Collectibles. This Batman figure, really, really cool looking. Um, what else did I get? Yeah, I got some cool stuff. I got, I don't remember everything, but I got some cool uh, T-shirts and. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Normal birthday gear. Nice. You had some really cool. Um, I was going on your. I was in your Instagram once, and I saw like a few photos of uh, your setup of of different memorabilia and and figures and stuff. Yeah, I, I really like that stuff. Um, I have it like in that in that entryway yeah. to my house, and it just looks so cool. I really want to get one of those. Um, life-size predators and stand it right up at the door so when someone's in the house that's the first thing they see that would be awesome i'll just sit there with a video camera all day <laughs> scaring the ups guy <laughs> um i also want to shout out uh, the uh, the brit iron podcast um i don't know if you if you saw this gav but um they mm. were sort of tweet they messaged me basically and said um do you know do you mind having to listen to this they're doing like a recap of uh, every team's kind of prospects going in. There's three, three of them cuts to kind of argue and and debate the teams before the season. Um, we were we were up on the docket, so they got in touch with me to have a listen. Uh, and I actually thought it was a really interesting discussion. There's two guys on there that had uh, diametrically opposed views of the Steelers, um, Matt and Sam, and one of them was very down on the Steelers' prospects. Um, you know, kind of things we said about having a 38 year old quarterback coming back, and and, and he predicted we go six and ten. Um, mm. and, and then the other guy was, was very up on the steals and said, well, you know, this potentially is a team where you've got one of the best defenses in the league. And then Big Ben coming back is a Hall of Famer who can get hot and, and, you know, a dark horse for the Super Bowl. So 
Anyway, I thought that was a really interesting, uh, an interesting conversation. So that's on YouTube. I tweeted that out the other day. So it's the Brit Iron podcast. So go check them out if you get the time. Uh, it's kind of interesting oh. to get a, uh, a perspective from outside the Steelers fan uh, echo chamber. Um, it's funny because six what, and gone. what was that? I was going to say six and ten. That's pretty negative. I mean, the Steelers yeah. have got, I think, the second easiest strength of schedule. Yeah, I know. I yeah, mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of things have got to go wrong. But it, it just goes to show. I mean, sometimes. I mean, listen. I'm sure that my knowledge on you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, isn't up to scratch. But you know, just listening to them, these guys have got a really good knowledge, seemingly of every team in the league. But um, they did. Say, they were talking about the receiver core, and they did go from uh, Juju to um, uh, to, to Ryan Switzer. Uh, and straight away, and I, and I thought, well, uh, I think you missed a few guys there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I told them not to sleep on uh, DJ. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, go listen to that. Brit Iron Podcast, I thought it was a good discussion. Um, then I want to get into the news. I, I mean, again, there's a few sort of Steelers bits, but I think the biggest thing that I want to talk about this week, is maybe a little bit controversial, is the uh, the Washington football team, I think is what we're going to say now. Uh, is going to change its name, right? So this is this is the biggest news, sort of non-analytics related. So I'm sorry, Rich. Uh, sorry, Gav. Sorry, I'm, I think it's going to be a, a non-analytical episode to start with, uh, which I know upsets you because you're, right, uh, you're not a fan of storylines. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. I like storylines. No, don't get me wrong. I like a storyline. I like <laughs> to turn the analytics into a storyline. Yeah. That's that's what I try and do. Anyway. You're, you're our analytics guy. I'm here for the soap opera. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, first of all, what, what do you think about this? I mean, this is a, this is a thing that's been going on for as long as I've been watching football. It, it seems like, you know, a lot of you hear this. Uh, I remember the first time I heard someone say it, the Washington football team, and it sort of threw me off. I was like, well, why are they saying that? And then you get into it and, and you kind of understand the history behind it. And, and everyone has a different take, right? I, I don't know how much you want to get into that. I mean, it seems like something that some people have been uh, uncomfortable with for some time. It's not something that ever struck me as particularly offensive, but I'm not the person being offended by it, I suppose, so... I don't know. Is, is this is this the right thing to do now? What you know? Um, I want to go on that one. <laughs> I know, yeah, that was a bit of a, a double-edged sword question, that wouldn't it? But uh, you know, why has that happened now? I suppose it, it feels like now is the time to do most things that relate to whether it's racism, whether it's um, the name of a team. You know, it, it, it's now you know you got to strike while the iron's hot. I think. Mm. Um, I think some people see it as a bit. Not petty, but sort of a, a needless thing because it's been there so long. But it's been called for for years. I remember years. I can't remember how long ago it was now. But I remember a long time ago that people were saying this team is named after a racial slur. Um, and I, I remember questioning, well, why have they kept it? Um, considering that even at, at that time, you know, racism was being called out and it's being called out even more now. So now now's the time to do it. But... I don't know. I, I I don't know why whether the pressure from the NFL in their new stance on protesting has spurred it on. Um, obviously, they've they've had a number of sponsors have pulled out stadium sponsors. I can't remember who, who sponsors their stadium. FedEx. FedEx. Yeah, they've said they're going to pull out if they don't change it. Um, so it it all sort of makes sense. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the new name will be. Do, do we have any bets on the? Between well, it's the, uh, the 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 guy's uh, uh, trademarked it all, isn't he, or copyrighted it, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, she's tra- she's trademarked pretty much everything. Um, I don't oh, know, is it a lady? I, yeah, it's a, it's an estate agent, a, a lady up in uh, in uh, Washington. A real tour. Yeah, um, wow. yeah. I don't know. I, I just think uh, it's a strange one. I, I, we, I mean, we we have uh, the first and ten have a, a Washington 
football team podcast. See, you can even say that name anymore. That's what I mean. It feels like from from Monday to today, everything's changed. You know, um, mm. you know. I don't think anyone ever saying that has ever intended it to be. I mean, I'm sure some have, but has ever intended it to be a racial slur. That's not why this is the nickname of the team. I don't know if you know anyone has more context to why it's called that than I do. But yeah. um, I want to give a shout out. I don't know if any of you saw. Maybe some of some people did that on the NFL UK group. There was a big slanging match because mm. uh, you know Claire de Bear. You know her. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, she she uh, she just posted the news, and then it, it became like a real kind of reminded me of Brexit or whatever. You know, yeah. people just arguing in the comments. I just I, I kind of come down on the the non sort of non gammon side, if you like, where I think it's fine if the things like this, and I, I don't mind if people if if it's if people tell me it's offensive, then I I, I accept that it's yeah. offensive. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to this guy Sal Manur. I don't know if you. You read his post, but this guy, another guy, I won't name the other guy, but he starts calling him out, saying, "Go on, put up or shut up." What's the magic number of outraged people to get to get something changed? <laughs> Sal Manure produces a list of about a hundred different organisations that have lobbied to get this name changed. He just lists them one after another. It's all at their Wikipedia entry. That's the way to win a, win an argument on a Facebook group. Produce evidence, <laughs> and um, so uh, you look at that list. It's extensive, and it's it's every kind of you know uh, tribe or organisation of Native Americans. And you see that, and you think, fair enough. You know, I mean, we we just see a news report here and there, but some of these some of these organisations have been lobbying for this to get changed from the sixties, seventies. Mm. It's been going on a long time. So you know. Uh, it's it, it, it is a slur. It's offensive to them, and it probably is time to change it. In my opinion, yeah, I think if it's offensive to them, I completely agree. I think maybe I've been misled on this because I was always kind of, maybe I've just kind of believe what I've heard, but I, I've always been led to believe that um, sort of native tribes and the native groups weren't particularly bothered by it. But maybe maybe that was just hearsay, and I was just sort of listening to the wrong sources on that. Mm. You know, it, it was always presented to me as one of those things. It's like, well, you know, the people you know at hand actually don't care about it. It's more sort of white people outraged by it, but. I guess that's I guess that's wrong. Yeah, but not not according to this guy. Yeah, and he seems yeah. to have the evidence. I mean, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable calling anyone that to their face. I well, mean, no, of course like... not. No, yeah, yeah, I think I agree. Rich, what, what's the feeling on it? I know we ask you this all the time as a uh, resident reporter in the US, but but what's the feeling lately about this name change? Well, I mean, this is the time for it to happen. You know, people are are very much aware of of the current state of the country and and you know i mean there's a lot of good coming out of it and there's some bad coming out of it i mean people are so sensitive these days that even comedians have to really be careful what they say or they get shouted down or they you know they lose fans but you know i think in this case i think it has been uh, it, it is valid i don't think it's overreacting i think you know for years you've heard that native american groups don't care for the name um and I've heard also what you've heard, Simon. I've heard also that that there's Native American groups that are fine with it, that they don't take offense to it at all. Maybe I don't know if it'd be even possible, but maybe a, a way to do this um, would have been to have uh, if you have Native American blood, you know, you, you you get a ballot and you can vote. You can vote for it if it really bothers you. You vote, get rid of the name. You know, I know it's probably not possible, but it would have been interesting to see how that turned out to see how many native americans you know really are offended by it because you don't know you i mean you i mean there are thousands of different tribes of native yeah. americans you know so it, it, sometimes you only hear from the groups that are the loudest and make the most noise but I, like i said maybe it is valid i understand you know 
I understand it completely. And if it's offensive, it should go, you know. I mean, even Nike, you didn't mention, but even Nike pulled all their Redskins apparel off the market. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I saw today that uh, the minority owners of the Washington team want to pull out and sell their, their stake in the club. Wow. I mean, that's it's all happening. Yeah. They've appointed an attorney to try and arrange it. So, I mean, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all a bit of a mess over there. <laughs> I mean, I'm if, if there was a team called like the Honkies or the or the Crackers or something like that, it, they'd, <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be trouble, wouldn't they? Or the Goras, as the Indians call um, proper Indians, not Indian 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 proper Indians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think yeah, it, it's tricky because obviously the history of the Native Americans are an oppressed people that you know got shat on from every angle, right? And um, it just feels like adding kind of. I know it kind of feels like a kind of homage to them or something, or people. That's what it says, but it's still, it, it, it. The name, the name to me does conjure an, an image of those guys in the cowboys and Indian movies with you know throwing axes and firing bows and arrows. That perhaps isn't is is a caricature, you know, but isn't isn't maybe the best portrayal of a race of people. I don't know. Well, you know, too, you know, it's interesting too because you think about well. What team was the last team to have a black player in the NFL on the, on the team? Yeah. And some pretty, I'm 99% sure it was the Washington Redskins. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Definitely was. And they, they were forced into it, right? They, they, yeah. The guy didn't, didn't want to have any, any black players or black quarterback. Yeah. And I, it, I'm not sure. It might have been Bobby Mitchell. I'm not sure. But he, and he ended up being, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he ended up being one of their greatest players. But um, supposedly, they're, you know, their owner was, uh, you know, pretty racist, I guess. Yeah, and I, I know the name of that owner because he shares the same name as my granddad and my great granddad of George Marshall. Oh, George Preston Marshall, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's in my history corner today. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> nice foreshadowing. Um, yeah. Well, the only question I have really then is: is are we left in kind of the lurch with uh, teams like the the Chiefs, the Cleveland Indians? I think yeah, that's that's a very where do we sit very grey area, isn't it? I think I think this is this is clearly a you know a kind of slur, like as I said before, a caricature. Whereas Chiefs and and Braves and Indians, I don't know, it's slightly less. It seems like down the pecking order of yeah of what it, what would be offensive. But maybe people are going to come for it. I don't know. But I can see it. And then you know the question is where do we where do we start? Where do we draw the line? At the, the Cleveland Indian one is the one that jumps out to me because of the uh, kind of the caricature nature of the logo. Mm. Um, I could see that being the next the next target in the crosshairs for this kind of thing. But uh, time will tell. What do we think the name's going to be? I know Dave asked this. We didn't really answer. What, what do we think the name's yeah. going to be? Sorry, Dave. I, I like the story behind the Red Tails. I don't like the name though. Hmm. It sucks. I think it's I better heard, than the Warriors. I don't like the Warriors, and it's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I heard. Snyder likes. I heard Snyder likes the Warriors. It sounds like an XFL team. Yeah, well, it's the London Warriors. That's what it makes me think of the London Warriors. We already have a Warriors in basketball. We don't, I don't like it. Yeah. And every high school team in in every <laughs> county and <in the> states <laughs> is called either the Warriors or the Wildcats, right? Or I, I think it's going to end up being the Warriors just because it's the most unoffensive kind of but but then that to me is really boring you know it doesn't I mean what does it really mean it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with anything does it uh, I yeah. suppose what I'm trying to think of other teams that don't have anything to do with their Tennessee Titans what's the Titan got to do with Tennessee maybe I don't know I'm trying to think of that now but there's some of them that I like like I actually really like Baltimore Raven being all about Edgar Allan Poe and you know there's some quite cool ones obviously the Steelers 
Um, but what's, I don't know. What's, I, I like... what's, the, what's the Jaguars' connection to Jacksonville? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a very good question. I like Just an aggressive cat. I like the teams not... that have some kind of meaning in their mascot name. You know, I think those are the best teams. Yeah. I, bet, I bet there's a pretty good correlation there between quality organisations and uh, correlation <laughs> between mascot and team. Anyway. Um, that's a deep dive that I do yeah. not want to get into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we better not go through every team and figure that out. Um, right, okay, on to the one real piece of uh, Steelers news I wanted to mention. It, it, there's not a lot to say, really, other than to say that Bud Dupree didn't sign his, his long-term deal um, when the franchise tag deadline passed this week. So that means he's going to be playing on the franchise tag this season at, what is it, about $17 million, was it, I think? Um, somewhere around there, $17, $18 million. So he's going to be playing on that this season, and then he's going to be a free agent again. Uh, at the end of next year, where the option, of course, will remain to sign him, put him on the franchise tag again, or which I think is the most likely option. You know, this will be the last season in the black and gold. You, you disappointed at this one, Dave? I'm disappointed. I'd, I'd sort of, I going into the season, I was expecting this to be the last season anyway. I didn't see there being a long team, long term deal being struck up. So I was sort of seeing it from a, a one year perspective anyway. But mm. the whole thing just strikes me as weird at the moment. It's sort of, why wasn't this brought up previously? Why is he suddenly now filing a grievance? It, it, I don't know, is, is, has he got someone in his ear? Has he had a change of heart? Yeah, I should say, sorry, I didn't explain that. So so he's filed a grievance, right, basically saying that he wants to be recognised as a uh, an edge or a pass rusher rather than a linebacker, yeah. which he's currently qualified as. Um, yeah. The difference is about two million, right, I think? I yeah. think it's fair enough. I mean, you know, they are different positions, essentially. Yep. Oh, I've, I've got no, I've got no wish at all. They want to get paid for what he's deserved. No wish at all at all. I think any, anyone, everyone should be paid what they deserve to be paid. But it's, it, it just feels, I say, it just feels odd. Why now? Why is it suddenly changing now? Why not before? Mm. Well, a few of them have done it, right? Uh, was it Shaq Barrett did it for the for the books as well? So yeah. I think sometimes this thing, this, these kind of things, just don't matter, do they? Until they do. So. Mm. You know, obviously, you know, until they get the franchise tagged, and then they know they're going to have to be paid on it. That's when they say, "Well, listen, I'm, I'll sign it, but I'm not playing as this position because I don't view this as my position." Yeah. I mean, it is crazy when you think about it. I mean, what are the differences between him and a, and a four-three defensive end? Yeah. You know, he's, he plays with, without his hand in the dirt, and sometimes he's got to go into coverage a bit more. So he's actually asked to do a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think you know, I, I, obviously, the, the Steelers don't need more cap crisis right well, now, but. I understand his argument. I think it's valid. They should just have an edge, you know. Anyone who pa- anyone who rushes the passer, if you want to franchise tag them, they do it based on the average yeah. of edge players. Yeah. Well, that's what that's how the media's going. I think yeah. I think I think the contracts will start to reflect that because it's unfair. It is unfair. It, you know, you you go to a team that plays a certain system and you you get paid less. You're worth. You're deemed less just because of the, the style they play. So if we're pretty confident that Bud Dupree is going to be gone after this year. Um, you know, sad as it may be, what's the view to that outside linebacker spot? You know, after this season, are we looking to draft another guy again? Are we going back to that? Well, I just, I, I just, I, I, I'm hoping that one of the three steps up out of Stipper, uh, Skipper, Ola, and Highsmith, yeah. and that'd be the ideal that'd situation. Be ideal, right? yeah. But I yeah. suppose Highsmith, yeah, Highsmith's the the perfect option, right? Um, but you know, it's a lot to lay in the lay in the foot of a third round pick from this year, isn't it? But having said that, you've got Watt on the other side. I mean, I'm sure it's no coincidence that Bud's come on so strong with Watt and with the coverage as well. You know, yeah. the, you've got the, the imp- much improved secondary behind them, which helps with all that. You know, it keeps the quarterback, you know, the ball in the quarterback's hand, which makes sacks and pressures more possible, 
more likely. So, uh, you know, there's a good chance that one of those will step up and we'll kind of just happily say thanks and goodbye to Biden and hopefully, you know, things will work out. If he has a season like he did last season, he's going to get paid in free agency. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to get real big money. Um, the, the last thing I want to talk about before I cede my time, uh, and I apologise in advance to Gav and Rich, who are just going to not care about this at all. Uh, but the, the, uh, the you've seen the Madden rankings have been leaked. Oh, the ratings. Yeah, yeah. Now let me just explain. Is this what you wanted to get to, Dave? It, yeah, it yeah. was. It was. Yeah. Let, let me just explain, Gav, why this is interesting, right? I, I know you don't care about the game or, or you know, the ratings really of the players, but what I think is interesting about this is it kind of gives a bit of a perspective on how the league, the the national, you know, because these ratings are come up by people who are national guys, right? Sort of view players within different teams, right? Uh, so that's why I think some of the rankings are interesting and and the ratings that the players get and the teams get. Now, just very quickly, the rating of the top players on the Steelers, um, David DeCastro's the, the the best rated Steeler at 91 overall, then it's Cam Hayward at 90, Minka Fitzpatrick at 87, Stefan Tuitt at 87, Marquis Pouncey at 86, Juju Smith-Schuster at 86, TJ Watt at 86, Eric Ebron at 84, Joe Hayden at 83, and Alejandro Villanueva at 82. Now... A couple of things Spot to point the odd out. one out. Yeah, right. So the biggest, <laughs> the, the most egregious thing on that list is, of course, TJ Watt, um, 86 overall. Now, just for a bit of context, in case anyone doesn't play Madden and doesn't kind of know what that, that figure means, I've got a list of the top pass rushers in the game. Now, there's 10, I've just got the top 10 here. Aaron Donald's is number one at 99 overall, JJ Watt number two at 98 overall. And then, you know, some of these players, I mean, we've got Miles Garrett above him at 93 overall, so there's a... A, a, you know, a six-point gap there, apparently. No, seven-point gap, sorry, I can't do math. Um, Chris Jones at 92 overall, Clayus Campbell, Chandler Zo- Jones, Fletcher Cox, all great players, but that's massive disrespect for TJ Watt, right? <laughs> Is that fair to say? He's massively underrated. Yeah, I don't know. What are they doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's the, you know, the defensive player of the year candidate. I mean, what, yeah, I know. what are they doing? <laughs> absolutely no idea which brings me on to my second point uh, which is Minka Fitzpatrick now 87 you might think yeah, okay not not such a bad rating he's not in the top 10 safeties in the league he's not in what? the top 10 Harrison Smith Tyron Matthew Jamal Adams Devin McCourty Kevin Bayard Justin Simmons Darwin James Eddie Jackson Micah Hyde Earl Thomas all above him at least it wasn't Jabril Peppers so I mean that's shocking to me I mean I'd, I'd take Minka over most of the guys on that list. I yeah. think TJ was the biggest upset for me out of that list. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that was when I saw the. I mean, I don't play Madden because I am awful at it. <laughs> as much as I'd love to be good at Madden, I absolutely suck at it. So I don't even bother buying it anymore. But when you see eighty six for for TJ, it just sort of like it's ridiculous. I don't, it just this. I, I haven't got a list of other players that are that are eighty six, but I bet they're not much. Car, I bet you wouldn't know the names of half of them. But it's like, but just like comparing to Miles Garrett, who's ninety three, is there that much difference between TJ Watt and Miles Garrett? Now, is it something to do with sustained, sustained, sustained production over a few years, and they average out the ratings so that you don't get weird? Anom- well, anomalies. Lamar well, Jackson's a 94. Because look at JJ um, Watt's 98. And he's he's had, like, what, two seasons out. Yep. Mm. But that's what I mean. Is there a lot of legacy goes in? 
you know, TJ Watts essentially had one elite season, hasn't he? And, and the same for Minka, really. He's had one elite half a season. So maybe they get penalised for that. I'm not saying I agree with it, but maybe that's their thinking. Well, possibly. I mean, obviously these things change, but they are getting a lot of pushback on it. Um, I also wanted to just point out, Ben, obviously not in the top 10, but just a couple of guys I'm going to list that are above him. Um, Carson Wentz, 84 overall. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, 84 overall. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't actually know what Ben's rating is because it hasn't. He isn't in the top list of Steelers players apparently. Right. So, right. <laughs> but he's below an eighty-two, which is starting to get into that kind of, you know, any guy realm. Um, yeah. So, and also Bud Dupree not on that list as well. So also under an eighty-two. Uh, so a few. I don't know. I just think very questionable. I would say. I don't think that's even really a Homer point of view. I think. I think that's just fair. Yeah, to and say. it's all smacks of of what have you done for me? Not so lately. Yeah. I know they tend to adjust them, don't they, slightly they do, once yeah. the season starts up, but it's never dramatic sort of changes. Mm. No, no. Um, the 99 club this year, which is the, the players rated 99 overall, uh, Aaron Donald, as he always is, uh, Pat Mahomes. And then the questionable one for me is um, Gilmore, the cornerback, who, you know, yeah. he's kind of sneakily getting on my nerves now, a little bit like Nick Chubb is. Where everyone's kind of like, oh, Stefan Gilmore, the best cornerback ever to grace the earth. All right, he's a good player. Can we all just calm down a little bit? 99 overall in Madden. What? I don't know. Am I missing something? He's definitely he's definitely up there. He's probably is the best cornerback in the league right now. Whether he's a 99, I don't know. Do you need me to share that picture of uh, why Stephen Nelson's just as good as yeah. <laughs> Gilmore again? <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry for bringing that up, Gav. I knew you wouldn't enjoy it, but um, That's all right. I just thought it, you know, it's interesting just again to see that people are sleeping on on the black and gold a little bit this year. I think. Yeah. That's... Well, coverage. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that's nothing new for Madden. They do it every every year. I, I I bought Madden pretty much from the beginning, and I buy it every year. And they do this every year to the Steelers. If you're trying to look for logic in the Madden uh, ratings, you'll never find it. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> we'll have to have a game, Rich, one day. Yeah, cool. I was just going to say, you mentioned Chris Jones there. Obviously, he signed his massive deal. Um, that That's concerning as well, right, for for Cam Hayward's stock. Mm. I mean, he's, uh, Chris Jones got 30, 37 million guaranteed over two years. Um, and that's just after the Chiefs have paid out all that money for Mahomes. So they've just like burnt their, their cap space for the next, you know, a while. Um so it's concerning because Hayward's obviously. I'd say he's probably the priority. I think Yin's Nation Sports said it. He's he was saying he was the priority to sign out of all the players. You know, maybe Juju goes, Connor maybe can negotiate. Bud's probably gone, but he was. You know, he was saying about the work in the community that Hayward does, among other things, he's a leader of the defense. So I completely agree. And you know, this is this is inflating his price. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see how, because he's a very strange case, Cam Hayward. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that really wants to go anywhere. You know, it doesn't strike me as anyone who's going to want to try free agency, and I think we'll want to keep him. So, hopefully, we can come to a relatively team-friendly deal. But hope so. There's only so far you can go with that, right? Mm. Um, I think Minka and, and TJ. I think we get do we get a little bit longer with Minka and TJ. Is it one extra year? Or I know those guys are coming up as well. They're the year after. Okay. Okay. So, but no, uh, TJ's. I think Minka's a year after that, isn't he? I think. I, I don't know. Minka, sure, but... Minka needs no because Minka was drafted same year as TJ, right? I think. 
Oh, was he? In that case, yeah, then he's, they're both 2021. I might be wrong about that. Anyway, Gav, uh, what is the train of thought you're going to lead us on? Well, before we, before we get okay. on, before we get aboard the train of thought, I just wanted to uh, hark back to our top 25 Steelers, just just um, because obviously we had Nick last week who did his rankings. Um, people seem to like that. So I just updated the top 10. So I just wondered if you wanted to hear at the moment who we, all of us that have done. So that includes us four and it includes Jason and it includes Nick of the Indonesian Sport. So at the moment, we've got Big Ben uh, rounding out at um, 99.3%. Wait, uh, I have a question. Percent. Oh, percent. Right. Okay. What is this based on? How do you get to a 99%? It's an algorithm that I created. Okay. So I worked out the percentage of possible available points. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. So he got 99% of, of let's say, 99.3% of all available importance points that each of us allocated. Have you been, so, have you, have you been getting the spreadsheets out again? I got the spreadsheet out, yeah, and a calculator, yeah. I was trying to work out the best. I, I came up with a few different systems. This is the best way. Connor was second with 79.4. Juju, third, 74.7. Devin Bush and uh, Dupree were tied with 72%. TJ Watt, sixth at 66. Pouncey, seventh with 62. Minka Fitzpatrick, eighth at 58.7. Hayden, ninth at 56.7. And... Rounding out number 10 with 40, uh, 47.3% Deontay Johnson. Hmm. There you go. That's our, that's our official top 10 at the moment as it stands. But it could change. We might get some more people on that do it. We'll see. Okay. Um, so, yeah, any thoughts? Any surprises? I can't remember Deontay Johnson being that high up in everyone's list. No, he wasn't. But he just kind of averaged out. Everyone had yeah. him. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that shows that everyone's expecting big things out of him this season. Yeah, I mean, we need him, right? I mean... I'm not sure how much you know. Washington's like a good deep threat, and obviously Juju, you know, he needs he's it's massive how what what he does. But I think you know we, it, it'd be great to have to take some of the pressure off Juju to have Johnson yeah. step up and be and it's be exciting to see what he does with Ben as well. Where's uh, Where's Dion Kane sitting at the moment? <laughs> uh, he's he's not in the top ten, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd have to go deep into the. Uh, I'd have to do some reverse engineering. He's somewhere near Ryan Switzer. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I oh, know. I think he's above Ryan Switzer. Switzer. <laughs> I think Switzer didn't get any votes at all. So, uh, yeah, we've we've done a good job there. Uh, right, so let's do the train of thought. Okay, so this is something. Um, we'll start by boarding the train with. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen that uh, Bleacher Report have been doing draft redos. I don't know if any of you guys like those things. I, I kind of read them. They're a bit of fun. Um, I think they they started at 2000. It's, it's, uh, Brad Gagnon and Gary Davenport been doing different years and stuff. Always quite interesting to see, you know, you, you get the concept, right? They go back and they redraft the draft class with with hindsight, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the, the players that have played, often, you know, there's some interesting undrafted free agents go in the top 10 and stuff and, and you see who the busts are. Mildly interesting. There's a few interesting things um, through for the Steelers. Uh, I could bore you with all those. I'm not going to. I'm just going to jump to 2004, which was the year that um, Ben got drafted. And uh, if I can find my piece of paper, where is it? Here it is. Uh, in 2004, in the in the uh, in the redo, Ben goes number one to the Chargers instead of uh, instead of Eli. Uh, obviously, Ben went 11th to the Steelers, um, and then the Steelers pick up uh, Fast Willie Parker at number 11. Who, in, who was actually a undrafted free agent? Uh, so, what would what would the so that's the case? So Steelers 
are without a QB after round one. So that that would leave on the board for the Steelers. You know, I mean, they had they had Tommy Maddox, right? Um, uh, Charlie Batch was out with a knee injury, so they 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 probably would have drafted someone. Um, I mean, Maddox was 33 at the time, uh, and you know, Maddox, you know, had up and down, some some good times, some bad. Uh, you know, young young at 33 compared to Ben, so you, you could have sort of said, "Oh, right, we'll stick with Tommy Tommy Gunn for a while." But um, so on the board still at that point was uh, J.P. Lossman, uh, Matt Schaub, or Luke McCown. So. Who, who who would you go for in in that situation? Or have you got any strong thoughts? I mean, it's quite interesting from a from a sort of stylistic point of view. Those those guys were well, two two versus one. But, uh, any thoughts? <laughs> Meh. I'll take Shab. <laughs> what was the one? Uh, J P J P Loesman, Shab, or Luke McCann. <laughs> It's a pretty un- uninspiring list, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it is. Can I take Mom? Can Shaw I just... again? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm uninspired by any of them. Probably Shaw out of the out of the three of them. Rich, um, I could probably find somebody down at the corner that could do a better job than those those <laughs> three guys. Um, but I'd take Shaw, I guess. Yeah, it's not a it's it's tough pickings. It is, and I think Shaw's probably the safest bet. But his his uh, his success in the league was due to being in Gary Kubiak's offense, right? That um, it was like a system QB in a very QB friendly system, uh, which massively inflated his success over the years, and uh, we've seen ever since that he's just basically backup level. Um, I, I'm thinking go JP Loesman here, just because I mean his his uh, 2006 season was pretty good and he just got he just got screwed over that like he he was uh, and it's almost a warning a warning shot for, for mason really like you've got to let these guys have a chance um he was, in, he was in a really bad scheme i mean like a terrible scheme and i mean he had poor accuracy but he had a big arm and he had, he had the, the, suffered from the problem of being behind terrible o-lines but it, it was constantly in and out of the lineup getting pulled for kelly holcomb and um, but I mean, he had a good good connection to Lee Evans, who was kind of nearly a really good wide receiver. Um, but and then and then they drafted Trent Edwards, um, and and he lost his job, and then he never really he kind of flamed out of the league and tried was it was it XFL he went into or US he went into one of those other leagues and he never really recovered. But I think what why I'm, why I'm going into this is because obviously the Steelers are looking at kind of. Um, if we jump off the train of thought now and stop at walk around the station and have a, a cup of coffee, um, we after all that loss, yeah, we're going to be looking at making decisions like this. I think because you know Ben, unless, unless they do go you know big on a, a, an early early rounds draft, you know QB next year, it's going to be guys like this that would be. Is it Mason? Is it a JP Lossman type? Is it a volatile person versus a safe system guy? That's what we were looking at. So then we jumped back on the train. It got me thinking about uh, Kevin Colbert and, and what, is, what do we know about him from, from, from the QBs that he's drafted or the people that he's picked up in free agency. Obviously, with the Steelers, he's only drafted Ben, really, to be... He was the only first-round QB. The rest have been third, fourth, fifth guys, backups or, you know, just moonshot kind of dudes. So you've kind of got to look back to his time in Detroit, really. Um, and obviously, he drafted Charlie Batch in the second round. And... 
I mean, that kind of worked out. He had a long career, but really he was kind of a kind of backup level. Um, and and before that, he, he, he brought in or was part of the front office that brought in kind of veteran starters for short short periods. Um, uh, who did he bring in here? Hang on, I've got it written down. Who did he bring in with it? Uh, <laughs> I enjoy uh, the, the uh, yeah. of paper. <laughs> Dave Krieg and Scott Mitchell, there you go, who was Marino's backup, who, who neither of which were, you know, amazing QBs, but they, 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 they actually did okay. I mean, they had Barry Sanders at that time, so, uh, you know, they kind of carried them to some playoff runs. But I don't know. What, we don't really know about Colbert and what he's going to do in the draft and how, he's, how good they are at assessing QBs. It's kind of a, kind of a worry, right? I mean, what, what, what do you think his strategy is going to be and what, and what kind of QB do you think they should be targeting? Hmm it's going to be tough because Ben is a very particular kind of QB that you don't see a lot of nowadays. You know, this kind of this gunslinger who can throw it anywhere. I suppose, you know, Pat Mahomes does a bit of that now, but way more accurate. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting because those guys aren't, you know, everywhere. You can't just draft one of those guys anymore necessarily. Well, that's what's interesting because Charlie Batch was kind of that by big, big arm yeah. and quite mobile and, you know, could was a gunslinger. Like, like the same, you know, strange, strange throw motion, but... Was was that kind of all or nothing guy? Is is that Colbert's like blueprint, or or are they going to be looking for something else? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it's hard until we. The trouble is, I don't know enough about the college games to know who's going to be necessarily coming out. We spoke a little bit about the, the some of the guys next year, but who knows if we're going to be looking at one next year? Obviously, Nick last week thought that that was definitely not going to happen, right? Um, I know Rich thinks that it will. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I really don't know what Colbert, where his head's at. I mean, is it worth looking at Mason? Because I know he's the third round, but you know, this is a guy where they clearly had a first round grade on him. They liked him a lot. They thought he was going to be uh, you know, a developmental starter was, was the the term thrown around. So, you know, what, what's Mason's style? How does that come into this, Kev? Yeah, well, I mean, at the moment, he's, he's somewhere between sort of poor starter and good backup, I, I would put. His, his, his projection, where it's trending to, are, I mean, are they happy with that? And they seem to be at the moment. But they've got to give him the chance. Like what I was saying about Lossman, you've got to give him the chance to, to, to see if he can push that ceiling up anymore. But I don't know how, how long how long is his leash. Hmm. One more, you know, we were hoping to see him in the preseason. And, you know, if he could put three good games, three and a, good, three and a half good games on tape, then... That would kind of make everyone relax and go, all right, let's give him another chance. But he's not going to get that chance. So, I mean, do they, they, do they need to start thinking about, you know, I mean, you look what they did there with Krieg and Mitchell bringing some veterans. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. And then, and then take your time finding your, your, your QB in the draft. A couple of years. What kind of veterans would, be, would we potentially be looking at next year as, as available? Because um, if Ben did retire, I mean... Even even if we did end up drafting a QB, I could see us bringing a veteran in, especially if Mason doesn't go well. Marietta, uh, Alex Smith, yeah, or Derek Carr if Marietta wins that job. Mm. What do you What do you think, Rich? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, it's he didn't show enough last season for me to say, yeah, this guy's this guy's going to be a a decent quarterback for the Steelers. He's a he's a competent backup, and if Ben goes down, we're okay. You know, he can he can hold things together enough with a good defense. We can win some games. I don't think he showed enough for me personally to believe that. 
So I was hoping the same as you. I was hoping to see him, you know, get a lot of a lot of looks in preseason and and see if really look to see if there is an improvement because that's what we're really looking for, you know, is is an improvement in his game. And you know, I I my gut feeling tells me this this the quarterback of the future for the Steelers is not on the roster right now, and I think they're going to have to draft one. And um, but you know I could be wrong. Maybe he'll make great leaps and bounds, and he'll end up being a, a good starter. Um, it's just how do we how do we find that out in the, during this season? You know, do, if we get a big lead on somebody, we bring him in and get him as much work as possible so we can get a good look at him. Because of course that's going to be a major factor in who they do draft in the first round next year. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a you know played by ear thing, I think. What's going on with the college game? I heard that some of the Ivy League uh, teams, college programs, are talking about not playing. I I hadn't heard anything. Have, have you guys heard anything about that? I, yeah, I think that's right. I think the Ivy League have said they're not, right? Yeah. So that's once, you know, then you start getting FBS teams pulling out and then who knows? I mean, that's going to – what's going to happen then? That's going to be I mean, you're looking at yeah. – so, I mean, two of the top five QB prospects in, in – from what I'm talking about is uh, Brock Purdy and, and Trey Lance, both of them, they're, they're, they're at risk of not playing. I mean, that's going to push their stock way down. Maybe they fall into the Steelers' hands. Yeah, maybe or that's my, good for us. Maybe we get a bit of Brock Purdy action in the late first round. Yeah, yeah or Trey Lance. I mean, it, I, 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 pick, I'm sorry. Good. Go on. I was going to say, even if we even pick in the late first round, who knows? We might be picking. Oh, Rich! Well, (laughs) mid first round. I mean, if things go really badly, we might have no draft at all. Oh no! (laughs) It's turning dire now. (laughs) That would be a bummer, guys. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What what do you think, Dave? You you got any strong thoughts? I mean, I was never convinced by Mason, but it, it, it looks like their sort of viewpoint at the moment is. To as you say, to develop him and and see what they've got in him. So I don't think anything's going to happen in the immediate future. But I'm I'm in a position a little bit like like sign a lot of other sort of well, I hate to say younger, but people who have not been following as long as maybe you two guys have. Um, that I've I've been spoiled by only knowing yeah. the Big Ben era. We have. So it's sort of it's a daunting thing in the first place to go away from him, and and. As as, we, as you guys were saying, do we want someone who's a copy of Big Ben? So you don't have to change anything. You just have to plug him in and see what happens. Or do we want to move into an entirely new scheme, working around an entirely different style of quarterback? I, I don't know. I, and it's it's a daunting thing to sort of think of an entire change of scheme. Um, but I don't know. At, at, at the moment, I think... As, as I said, I think at the moment it's it's see what Mason's got in him, and I think I've, uh, as I've alluded to in the past, I don't think he's got much in him more to offer. But maybe he has, maybe he has. It's um, it remains to be seen. But I don't know. I I, I think it's going it's going to be a, a draft situation. I think I, I can't see anyone really um, offering that much more in, in free agency. I think it's going to be a draft situation. But who it's going to be, I don't know. So I just want to hark back to the first part of the train of thought, right? So Lossman versus um, Shop. So let's – obviously, ideal situation is you get your franchise QB and, and that works out. 
But what I want you to think about this week and come back to me with an answer is do Ooh, you do, do do yeah, a bit of homework. Do we do you want a system QB that can just you know, you've got a great defense at the moment, but you know, that's his, that's fleeting and that's down to your, to your salary cap that can go from season to season. So do you want do you want a system QB and a system to play that QB in? Or do you want a volatile guy, like uh, someone that gets hot and can take you to Super Bowls, but can also crash and burn? Think, think Eli Manning, think Joe Flacco, right? Gets hot in the playoff, can win you some games, but for the rest of the time, he's a roller coaster ride. I think that's that's the kind of choice you're looking at when you don't have the, the franchise QB. One of those two options. So uh, let me know, unless you've got an idea now. But um, well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's difficult to say. Man. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, where did he go? He went eleventh, right? Tenth. Yeah. So he was. Yeah. You know, I, I he's a know. rare case. Though. Yeah, no, no, of course he's a rare case. I mean, that's the extreme. But the other, I mean, you know, the, Lamar Jackson went thirty first. Yeah, I mean, you've got um, Mitch Trubisky. Who, exactly. Those two were neck and neck. I mean, it, yeah. you know, draft, draft, draft Knicks were split on those two. So you could end up with Mahomes. You could end up with Trubisky. I mean, in fairness, I was all about Deshaun Watson, and I never understood the Trubisky thing. That that seemed like the most obvious bad decision I've ever seen happen in fr- right in front of my eyes. Um, PFF had Trubisky higher than Mahomes in their draft rank. Madness, madness. But madness, you can't madness. say it. You can't say it because you're saying that from a point of hindsight. This is all no, projected. I'm not. I was saying it on the night of the draft. <laughs> we all knew that they went up to. They shouldn't have mortgaged their future to do that. You know, to to go up and take them because there were quite a few good ones. But I still think I think to to look now and say, oh, I knew that Mahomes was going to be better than Trubisky. No, not Mahomes. Not Mahomes. Deshaun Watson. I never. I, I didn't know about Mahomes. I, I'm just purely saying that to pick. Um, Trubisky with Deshaun Watson on the board at that point was was insane. Fair enough. That's all I'm saying. But but anyway, yeah, I mean the Mahomes thing always it's always going to stick with me a little bit because I remember before that draft the Steelers were super high on Patrick Mahomes. I mean they had the evaluation down to a T on him because if you remember if you were really into the draft that year, Patrick Mahomes started that kind of draft process as as a kind of a mid to early second rounder. Um, you know, I hadn't heard of Patrick Mahomes until he went on sort of one of the podcasts I was listening to, and he started to generate a little buzz, and and it, and it just snowballed from there until he ended up moving yeah. up to the tenth overall pick. Well, he, but... he, the thing was, he was doing Mahomes stuff in yeah. college, right? He was doing that, but nobody thought that it would translate. That yeah. was the problem. Turns out, he can, and he can win Super Bowls doing it. So, I mean, there were some people that thought the Steelers might take Patrick Mahomes in, in you know, trade up for him in the second round. Some people thought so. The Steel, it was obvious the Steelers loved him, but you know, we were never going to get him at ten. Uh, I mean, we also weren't particularly in in the realm of quarterback discussion at that point, so it wouldn't have been a first round pick. But it, it always just sticks in my core that I know that we liked him. You know, if, if timing had been a little bit different. Yeah, he's another another Marino one that got away. <laughs> uh, is that the the disembark from your train, Gav? That's it. The train's in the station. It's out of gas. So yeah, <laughs> well, time to uh, jump on the old horse and carriage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Richie's history corner. That, that was not nice, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I mention? Can I ask Gavin something here, real quick, before we start? Um, Gavin, did, I'm surprised you didn't bring up PFF's ratings for the for the wide receivers in, in the NFL. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So they they rated the Steelers 23rd. Yeah. And what, which, what really, there was a lot of things that were shocking to me about that, but the one that really stood out was they had rated the Broncos ninth strictly based on Cortland Sutton, who is a good receiver, but two rookies, Cortland Sutton and two rookies, and they had them ninth and they had the Steelers 23rd. Yeah. I see the logic in that. 
Yeah, I think it's because it seems to me like the the the, the wide receiver core is all young and very full in the Steelers, and no no one stand out with so many question marks over Juju. Right, um, but Sutton's, and, really, Sutton's the only proven guy on the Broncos. True, but they they I think they just all graded out. It's all to do with their gradings, isn't it? So last season, and it's not not through the the fault of it's because they were hurt by the the poor quarterback play. So yeah. The, uh, the thing with PFF, it's all based on on what happened, rather rather than what's what's going to happen in a, in a lot of cases. So uh, they they were all. I think that's why they were so so low down the list. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't want okay. to throw a spanner in the works, but uh, I I would take Denver's wide receiver core over us. <laughs> would you really? <laughs> now maybe that's just me. Um, I tend to overrate uh, rookies, as we know from our fantasy drafts. <laughs> See, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do, I, I think Deontay Johnson's going to go off. If Ben is throwing the ball decently, I think he's going to go off with a good quarterback. And I think Juju's going to be solid as ever. So, and I think see. Washington's going to be better. He's a, he's a, you know, he's that deep, deep guy with, with the, the strong crab hands. You know, I mean, that guy's got right. claws for hands. So, I right. think, I think there's potential there, and they're all trending up. Juju needs to bounce back. I'm confident about it. I just think they were hurt last year. I think we're going to see a totally different wide receiver core this year. Yeah, I think so. Plus too. Switzer. Well, I think so. I'm excited about Jerry Judy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, he's good. He's good. That would be interesting. Okay, so did I screw up my history corner? Did I lose it? Because no, you I brought... didn't lose it. No. Okay. <laughs> just check. We're going to have a Rich's PFF corner as well now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm so backed up. I still want to do the uh, the O line because they did the O line rankings as well, and I'm, I'm getting falling behind. I, it's bad news for you guys. I, I actually did actually pay to sign up. I'm now subscribed to PFF, so wow. I can come at you with even more. Things. How much wow. was that? How much you pay for that, Jim? Uh, they had a discount. It's twenty quid. I thought that's oh, worth it. That's pretty good. Well, for the year. Yeah. Okay. But right. just for the just for the you can see all the grades. Um, yeah, it's a discount on right now. I think it. I, maybe it's already run out. Maybe I should have uh, promoted that last week. But um, yeah, it's good. I, I can share some more intel with you guys now and bore you to tears with well, gradings. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. Anyway, Rich, off you go. Sorry. <clears throat> okay, no, no worries. Um, so this week I was going to talk about Art Rooney and and um, his uh, his uh, acquiring of the Pittsburgh Steelers because there's things that happened early in 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 their uh, in their in their years that I think um, a lot of people don't know and it's pretty interesting. So Art Rooney, um, he's, you know, growing up, he was always a really great athlete. And he was always into sports. You know, he played, uh, he ended up playing semi-pro football. He uh, played minor league baseball. Um, he won an AAU welterweight title in boxing. He was actually a better boxer than, than baseball or football player. And he had, he qualified for the 1920 Olympic trials. Um, he didn't make the team, but, you know, just qualifying, you're, you're a heck of a boxer. You can do that. Um, but he really loved the racetracks and he developed a reputation as someone who had like almost magical abilities. This is back in 1933. He won a long shot parlay that won one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in one day. In, uh, in 37, he went on this betting spree that netted him three hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars in 1937. That's in today's money. That's got to be a few million. I, I would I would imagine. Hang on a minute. Are we dealing with a Biff Tanner Back to the Future 2 scenario here? Are you saying he's got a time machine? (laughs) He's got the sports almanac. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's what people thought because um, he was, you know, he's a real gutsy guy. And um, that was one of his strengths. He believed in himself and he had a a lot of guts. 
Um, and so these racetrack winnings are what really kept the Steelers afloat in their lean years, and they had plenty of them. Um, so um, in 1933, he acquired the Steelers. And just to make History Corner a little interactive this week, do you guys do you guys know how he acquired the Steelers? Do you guys do you guys know how he did that? No. No. Because there's all, there was all these rumors. Like I remember one growing up in Pittsburgh that he won the Steelers in a card game, right? Because people knew he was a gambler, you know. But that's not true. So in 1933, Art's friend Charlie Bidwell, who owned the Chicago Cardinals, who you guys I'm sure recognize that name because the Bidwell family still owns the Cardinals to this day, right? So he told him he could get into the NFL for $2,500, which was an entry fee at that time. You just imagine that, right? Getting into NFL. $2,500. So the NFL owners, they liked the idea because um, Philadelphia was, all, was also getting into the league at that time. And it's a, it's a good franchise that they felt would have like a, a good national rivalry between the two teams. So they liked the idea of Pittsburgh getting a team. You know, so the three teams that entered the NFL in 33 was Pittsburgh, Philadelphia and Cincinnati. So that gave the NFL 10 teams, five in the East and five in the West. And Gavin, if you end up asking, I do know who those 10 teams are. <laughs> so, go on, go on. And who are they? Who are they? Yeah, go on. All right, let me get my note here. The, those 10 teams are the, um, the New York Giants, Brooklyn Dodgers, Boston Redskins, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh are in the Eastern Division. And in the Western Division was Chicago Bears, Portsmouth Spartans, Green Bay Packers, Cincinnati Reds, and Chicago Cardinals. So th that was the NFL in, uh, in 1933. So, so Art's in the NFL now, and, and, he, and he, he, loves he loves owning a franchise. He owned a semi-pro team in, in Pittsburgh. So this is something he's really, really been wanting. So the only problem is... He, he doesn't have a team, right? He's, he's got the name, but he doesn't have a team. So it's interesting. Doing my research, I, I found two possible scenarios, and I found um, research for both of them. And, and I did a lot. I did a lot of looking. I spent hours looking at this. But the two scenarios are, one was he made his semi-pro team the Steelers. That was the first, or that was the first Pittsburgh team. Was was his semi-pro team, and another scenario is, and I think I, I think this one is more viable, that his brother owned a semi-pro team, and his brother owned him, owed him five thousand dollars. So Art said, "Hey, forget about the five thousand dollars. Just give me your your semi-pro team, so I can make them Pittsburgh's team." And I actually think that's the one that that really was was what happened. So he has a team, and now he he doesn't know what he's going to call them, right? So, do you guys know what the first Pittsburgh team was called? Uh, I did know this, and it's gone. I think previous name is the uh, the Pirates. That's right, Dave. Yeah, very good. And the reason why he named them the Pirates was after the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team. Art Rooney's favorite sport by far was baseball. Well, he loved like a common thing to do anyway. Like naming football teams after the yeah. baseball team. It actually was because baseball was considered America's pastime at that point. And it, it was by far the number one sport in, in the United States. And it was the number one sport in the Rooney household as far as art was concerned. And there's, there's stories that, you know, I've read Dan Rooney's book, which is awesome. You guys should read it if you haven't. 
And there's stories about him and his dad having arguments over baseball that went as far as when the Steelers were starting to get more popular in Pittsburgh. You know, the Pirates, of course, were more popular. But when the Steelers started getting more popular, the radio station that handles the games came to a, got to a point where there was a Pirate game on Sunday and a Steeler game. So they said – um, they said, well, we want to move the Steelers into that slot because, you know, they're, they're, they're getting more popular in Pittsburgh. And Art Rooney said, absolutely not. That's the pirate slot. That's where they belong. And Dan is freaking out going, no, we need that. You know, this is, we're building this team, you know, and so we need to have that. And Art, and Art overruled him saying, nope, that's where the pirates play. And that's, and they're keeping that slot. So he was, it's interesting that to, to me that he was actually more of a, um, more of a baseball fan. But uh, at the conclusion of, at the 1939 season, you know, he had been in the league now for what six years, seven years, and he had gone through five coaches in seven seasons, which is so much of a contrast to today's Steelers, right? The 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 play on the field was poor. He wasn't bringing in much money, and so he decided it's time for a name change, right? So, do you guys know the story about how he he they changed the name? I don't know if you guys ever heard this. Not. Anybody know? So what they did was in the local newspaper in Pittsburgh, they had a contest and fans submitted names. And the one that he liked the best was the Steelers. So that's that's what they chose. Um, By the city. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So uh, around this time, they're having financial problems. Right. Um, uh, Art's friend, Burt Bell, who owned the Philadelphia uh, Eagles was also having financial problems. They were losing about $25,000 a year. So this millionaire from Boston comes into the picture and, and contacts Burt Bell, who owns the Eagles, and says, hey, I want to buy your team and I want to move them to Boston. Well, Burt wasn't so sure about that. So he went to his friend Art, who was also experiencing financial problems, and see, to see if Art was interested. So what they did was they came up with a plan. Art Rooney would sell the Steelers to Lex Thompson, who was this millionaire from Boston, right? Thompson would move the Steelers to Boston so the team was closer to his to his home in his home base where his offices were in New York City. And Rooney and Burt Bell would then pull their financial resources together. They would change the name of the Eagles to the Pennsylvania Keystoners, and they would play split their games, half of them in Pittsburgh and half of them in Philadelphia. So Lex Thompson agreed, and, and, and Art Rooney actually sold the Steelers. They just changed their name, and Art Rooney actually sold the Steelers to Lex Thompson for $160,000, which was 64 times more than Rooney's initial investment seven years earlier. Hmm. Okay. So what did he sell, the players or the he, franchise? He, he, sold the, he sold the franchise name and the players to wow. this guy. Now, there's a little bit left to go. I can stop here on, on a cliffhanger, or I can finish it off. What, what I am desperate to know why the name didn't move. Uh, because that name was part of the purchase. That's what I mean. So he bought the name, but then it didn't become the Boston Steelers, did it? Oh, it's, that's the rest of the story. Uh, I, I, do you, uh, Simon, it's up to you. You are the keeper of the time. Do you want me to finish? Or <laughs> I, you know what? Up? Rich, go for it. Okay. <laughs> I have your blessing. I will go on. Okay. So Art Rooney then used this part of the, the funds of this $160,000 he got from Lex Thompson. He used these funds to purchase 70% of the Philadelphia Eagles from his buddy, Burt Bell. Right? 
Bell retained 30% of the Eagles. So Lex Thompson immediately changes his name from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Pittsburgh Ironmen. And he petitions the NFL to allow him to move the team to uh, Boston. Now, at the same time, Art and Bert are petitioning the NFL to allow them to transform the Eagles into the Pennsylvania Keystoners. And they can play half their games in Pittsburgh and half their games in Philadelphia. But a problem came up. Washington Redskins owner George Preston Marshall, okay, uh-huh. was apprehensive about this move because he felt that Art Rooney and Bert, Bert Bell would be monopolizing the entire state of Pennsylvania when the teams joined. And there were only 10 teams in the NFL at that time. So Marshall was able to convince the rest of the owners to go along and block the proposed moves. So, they, so the NFL shot down both proposals. So now both Lex Thompson and Art Rooney are, are, are ticked off about the whole thing. So, Bert Bell and Art Rooney get together and they propose another deal, right? The men would swap cities. Lex Thompson, they convinced Lex Thompson that, hey, your offices are in New York. So, why don't you just take on the Philadelphia Eagles? We'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers back and you'll be, you know, New York is, Philadelphia is a hop, skip and a jump from New York. You'll be right there and you can run your businesses much more efficiently, Right. So they swapped cities. They swapped. Uh, they swapped teams. Lex Thompson moved his franchise from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. So now the Steelers became the Eagles. Art Rooney and Burt Bell moved their franchise, which was the Eagles, back to Pit- to Pittsburgh, and they changed the name. They took. They were able to keep the name with them, and uh, Lex Thompson kept the name of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Art Rooney got the name of the Pittsburgh Steelers back again, and. Um, and uh, interesting because at this point, Burt Bell owns 30 percent of the Steelers. Right. But in, in 1941, Burt Bell moves back to the Eagles and becomes their general manager. And to to uh, avoid a conflict of interest, Bell sold his 30 percent of shares back to the Rooney family. And then that's it. We're, we're on from there. Wow. I mean, obviously, they had the uh, the Steagles, which came Later in the war, the war that, period, right? That was later, yeah. Because a lot of yeah. people, you probably, you might have thought that's where I was going, you know, with this. Because a lot of pe- more people know about the Steagles and the pit cards, yeah. you know, as of World War II. You know, the ro- it was tough to fill rosters. But this story, I actually had never, never heard before. I read before I read the books that I have. I, I, I'd never known that. And I got all this source material from probably I have four different books and then stuff on the internet. So. Um, it's, it should be pretty pretty accurate. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard that before. I never knew that Art Rooney had actually sold the Steelers. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. Really cool. Uh, uh, what are I those, mean, sorry, I was going to say, what are those books, Rich? Just uh, recommendations to... Oh, yeah. Oh, there's some great books. You know, the one that I haven't read yet um, is, the, is The Chief about Art Rooney. And, and for whatever reason, I just haven't got it yet. But um, I've got... I got my resources from Dan Rooney. It's this is uh, my 75 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers and NFL. I, I highly recommend that. Um, another one called the ones who hit the hardest has Jack Lambert on the cover. Good book. And then another one called their life's work. It's the brotherhood of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, uh, and then of course, from the internet, I got um, a lot of my information. Um, and I came across something that I knew about, but I never really looked into it. I'm going to end up buying the DVD, but it looks really cool. It's a play that went, was in Pittsburgh. That's the most popular play ever in the history of the city called The Chief. 
and they they oh. made it into a movie. It's a one man play, and they made it into a movie. Um, and they're set, they sell it online, and I just saw excerpts of it on YouTube. It looks fantastic. The guy who plays Art Rooney is is amazing. It's it's really great, and it got really um, great reviews from the Rooney family. I mean, they loved it. They said it was very accurate, and the guy who played him had had him down pat. So I'm going to end up picking. I think it's ten dollars. Uh, you can buy it uh, online, so I'll probably end up getting that and checking it out. Cool. It's 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 uh, crazy when you think. I mean, really, the the Steelers and the Eagles don't. You don't really ever think about. I know it's they're in state and they're they're very close, but you don't really think about them having a big rivalry, really, do you? But it's interesting to find that their history is so inter interweaved. Yeah, for 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 three years, the the uh, Steelers were still known. They were called the Pittsburgh Steelers. But in their charters, in the NFL, their paperwork, they were still known as the Philadelphia Eagle Football Club until that, you know, that that name change, you know, officially went through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they are very much intertwined, and that was the reason of, you know, originally they 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 looked at that as having a type of um, rivalry like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, you know, because they're so close together. So they looked at it like it was going to be that. But once they changed the conferences, and, the, and Pittsburgh ends up, you know, in the AFC and Philadelphia NFC, that kind of put the kibosh on on that it's true you you get these sort of um unknown links between teams i I can't remember who it was now but um the this link between the steelers and the giants in the is it the owner of the giants daughter is married to one of the roonies yeah Yeah. she's called rooney right yeah so it's sort of like (laughs) yeah there's sort of unknown links that you don't really think of it until someone says to you oh they, they they're linked because of these two people yeah it's, it, you, it's those sort of unknown bits of history that you don't really know until someone tells you i guess yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's what happens when you've got loads of cash and you can afford uh football teams you hang out with other people that got loads of cash and can afford football teams <laughs> right I'll, I'll just quickly point out as well and I'll take this with a pinch of salt because i'm just going off uh the just watch app but uh, apparently, the chief uh, is on Amazon Prime Video in the UK for any UK listeners out there. Ooh, so nice. I might go check. Sorry, it out. It's, sorry, it's, a, it's a, a filming of a play. Did I get that right? It, no, it's it's a, it's a film they actually made after um, they took after the play. Oh, okay, so it's like a live action film. All right, cool. I definitely check that. Yeah, out. that sounds great. And it's you Fine. know it's basically you know Art Rooney in his office, you know, pretty much talking about his his life. You know, and it's, it's from what I've seen uh, on you. You can check out some some clips on YouTube. It looks really good. Oh, check it out. All right, I was going to say I'll subject my uh, my family to it <laughs> in, in a lounge coming to you very soon. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you, Rich. That's another uh, excellent history corner in the bag. I like this is becoming. Yeah, I think this us- is. Becoming our most valuable, uh, yeah, well, most valuable piece. It's a low bar, but but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll take the horse and buggy back into the stable now. Thank you. Well, good. that's good because we're about to board the clown car. Um, <laughs> Speaking of low bars, <laughs> Dave, I'm I'm going to sound like a miserable old man, and I feel like I'm in pretty good company actually after learning about Richie's age. Um, but um. Not that you're miserable. Not you. You're not miserable, Rich. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but um, I was going to ask, what do you guys find the most annoying about modern social media and the internet? But it, it was sort of it's it's bugged me for a long time. I mean, there's a few things that bug me about the modern internet, and I don't get TikTok, Ugh. and 
and all that stuff. And it, it seems like internet for people with ADHD. Like I've got like YouTube came out and there's these like what 10, 15 minute videos. It's great and and people went eh, it's it's good, but it needs to be shorter. We got Vine and what was that like 15 seconds or something like that. Yeah. yeah and and then TikTok came along and, and no, we want them shorter. So you got like five seconds to make a little video or whatever it is. I I, I don't get it. It's yeah. You, in, you can't fairness, absorb the information. In, in fairness to Vine, what I liked about Vine was at least there was like actually interesting people on there creating like weird and interesting little projects in these really short clips. TikTok just seems like a Chinese data mining tool for a bunch of Gen Z idiots to dance on. Is this the uh, the flagship launch of our new TikTok channel? <laughs> <laughs> now I mentioned the UK Steelers Pod TikTok channel. If you want to subscribe to it, no, there was a, like there's a lot of things that annoy about the about social media and the internet. But I'm like most people, I'm addicted to them all, and I partake in them all. So I can't really can I can't really sit on my high horse and say that you're all idiots because I'm on that horse as well. Um, but it's things like these life hack videos you get on Facebook. Have you guys seen these? Yeah. They're, they're the most ridiculous things. Is there one I saw one the other day that a, a life hack for crying with onions was to put cling film over your face. <laughs> I, I, come on, surely you have to think about breathing. Breathing that's is essential. For that's people. just Darwinism, Dave. I promote that. <laughs> Are you one of these guys that sort of uh, encourage people to put their iPhone in the microwave to recharge it? <laughs> yeah, I'm one of these people that's like, yeah, you go ahead and record yourself climbing tall buildings with no safety equipment. Yeah, it's like people turning plastic bottles into flip flops or sandals for our American listeners. And but like, like most life hacks on the internet seem to involve plastic bottles. If I were to at someone's house and their their walls are just strewn with plastic bottles for different uses that have been cut up, I'm walking straight out of there. I'm not hanging around very long. I I don't know. It, a lot of things annoy me about the modern social media people in trying to inform each other but with absolute crap and there's good there's good sides to social media and you know you see it all the time there's a lot of good comes out of social media i don't think we'd be doing this without social media or be at the point we are without social media so there's a lot to thank for it but there's a lot of negative stuff and a lot of stuff that's just entirely useless so what do you guys find annoying about social media and the modern internet Or have I covered it all? <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have genuinely... I say genuinely, I don't know. I, I have wanted to recently, for the first time, go off Twitter. Um, I, I don't think I really could, because I spend so much time on it. I'm constantly on Twitter. But it, it's so bad. It's so bad. All I do is go on Twitter every day, and within five seconds I'm, I'm upset, or I'm annoyed about something... Or I'm, I'm just angry at someone's opinion. And then if you just stop, you think, why? Why do I care? Like <laughs> 20 you. comments in, 20 replies in, you're still... Uh, yeah, kind of I'm reading this and I'm, I'm speaking to my housemate. I'm like, oh, this guy said this. And, and I'm like, why am I bothered about any of this? Do you, do you guys do the thing I do on Twitter, which is I type out an angry response <laughs> and then go, yeah. nah, delete. I'm not, I'm not sending that. It's not I, worth it. I, I've got, I'm moving on with my life. I as do I, that basically every time I'm on Twitter. I do that. As I often say, no one has ever won an argument on the internet. Well, they say that's what to do when you, if you've got a particularly annoying customer, to write out the email you want to write to them, so telling them, calling them all the names under the sun, then delete it, and then write out a really nice one because it gets it all out of your system. 
I know a few people that have sent that first email though and have been maybe under the influence of a few glasses of wine and then they, they get hauled in front of HR the next day. So maybe that's not the best advice. That's not a good life hack, Dave. <laughs> it'll, it'll be appearing on a video pretty soon. I think t- Twitter has a lot to answer for in terms of what it's done to our kind of social narrative and the way people kind of interact with one another because all Twitter does, it's an echo chamber, right? You follow the people that agree with you and you assume that everyone agrees with you. So then when you see people that don't agree with you, you're shocked and offended and, and that's why we have two such extreme sides now and, and nobody can listen to each other and, you know, it's crazy because I, I you know I try and broaden the horizon so, you know, I'll see right and left wing Twitter a little bit and, and these people just act like the other side doesn't exist and then they see, you know, they see one person they disagree with and it's it's like all hell's broken loose, so... It's crazy, man. It, Twitter is Twitter's great for so much stuff, and it's weird that it's actually kind of become my main news device, right? I mean, that's where I get my news from is Twitter now, because it's a collection of so many voices. But you've got to be really careful, because if you don't kind of make that feed properly uh, you know, evaluated and make sure that it's got a, a mix of voices and, and people to listen to, it just becomes an echo chamber of people telling you what you, what you want to hear. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think Twitter is the best social media platform my my personal favorite social media platform but you've got to sculpt it and you've got to take care you've got to cultivate your feed otherwise otherwise it becomes trash well i'm interested to know what rich thinks because obviously he's seen it all (laughs) (laughs) i'm regretting saying my age (laughs) i for me and i almost left facebook um because of it and because that and other reasons but i stayed because it's you know I, there's friends that I, that's the only contact we have is facebook you guys i keep in contact with you guys on facebook because you know it's so, but I, for me by far it's it's the the, po- the the political divide between people and and the, and the just utter hate it seems that they they have for one another now just because in, in the u.s at least just because of two different political systems and their beliefs, people just attack one another. And it, it's just, I'm just so tired of it. It's just so ugly, you know? And like like Nick said last week, he, he made reference to that George Carlin bit that, hey, they're all in the same club and, and we ain't in it, right? You know, most of us, the normal people, we ain't in it. Yep. So, you know, they're both laughing. You know, they're both, they're, you know. So anyhow, yeah, I just, um, if, if it wasn't for that, wanting to keep, contact with people I, I probably would have left facebook you know you don't see it as much on um on instagram and i don't really i'm not really on twitter very much but um yeah just i'm just a little tired of it my problem with instagram is what what me and my pals call Instaface, which is what 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 you know that thing that girls and guys do but it's mainly guys you know that kind of auto-tuned auto-faced look with the duck pout <laughs> with, with, yeah, the, with the eyebrows I thought Instagram was just a load of hot dog legs, wasn't it? And people on sunbeds. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you why I can't do Instagram. I find myself becoming... Um, I have got an Instagram, but I don't really use it a great deal. I just have it to kind of stalk people occasionally. But I just find myself becoming very envious of other people if I start looking at it for too long. That's is, what the point of it is, right? Yeah. It's self-promotion. It's the biggest massive bugle like trumpeting ever it just like, looks like everyone's having the best time of their lives all the time and everything's perfect and i, I can't stand it yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah well done dave we are four grumpy old men because <laughs> <laughs> guy sit in his flat drinking huel <laughs> i left facebook in 2012 and then came back in 2014 started a new account 
and changed the purpose of it. I I cut out my the people from school and the people that I'd met on certain you know at certain times in my life. I said no, I'm, I'm I've, I've learned my lesson. This is Facebook 2.0. I'm going to mold it around the things that I find important now, not what I thought Facebook was about. And actually it's much better for me now than it was because I don't have just, I never look at my main feed. I just look at the groups. Like I look at the Pittsburgh group. I look at some work stuff on there and some other things that I'm interested in. Um, And I think, I think it's just like what I was saying about Twitter. You just got to sculpt it to suit you. Yeah. Yeah. My Facebook knows me so well. It's just Facebook, like dog, cat and bird memes. (laughs) Of course, Gavin Richer from the era where social media was pinning a note to a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember chat rooms. Do you remember chat rooms? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those those were a thing. Just like going on, to just appearing in a random MS DOS room where there's some other people <laughs> with, with like a weird smiley face. You couldn't see them. You had no idea who they were. I had some weird relationship with a girl in like I don't know where she was, like Ohio or somewhere for a, for a weird time when like in the early days of the internet. And then I remember she sent. She, we were like sending photos back and forth, and uh, she sent me a photo of of her bedroom, and my photo was in a frame next to her bed. And that at that point, I got massively freaked out. I was like, "Oh man, that's the end." I've never called the police. Yeah, I was like, "Okay, this is this is over." <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I apologize to that girl she's out there listening. I'm sure she's very sweet. I mean, her photos were great, but that was just too weird. For me. Sounds like the start of one of those unsolved mystery shows on Netflix. Well, I I met my wife through early sort of um, online dating. This this was pre Tinder, pre all that. So it was like you'd send an email out, and maybe you get a reply in like a week and a half. It it wasn't as anywhere near as instant as it is now. And it's yeah, it, it's come on a long way. I I kind of feel like I've missed out on the the Tinder era. I think I'd yeah. love that. I feel like this isn't the first time you said this, Dave. I'm sensing like a, a real desire that you want to want to get into. I mean, I, I, okay, so I, 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 me too. I was, I was after Tinder. You know, I mean, um, Tinder was after I was in my relationship. I remember I sat at work on a job, and there was a girl sat in front of me, like uh, literally in front of me, but facing the other way. Like we were all looking at a screen, kind of thing. And she's in front of me, and she's, she's, she's on her WhatsApp, and she's got like. I can see these messages keep popping up on her WhatsApp over and over again. So I'm like, what's going on? She's on, constantly on her phone. She's like a, one of the makeup people. And it's, I can see, I, I lean over, just slightly nosy. All right, okay, I admit that. It's a bad bad habit of mine. I'm a slight curtain twitcher. So I look over, look over her shoulder, and it's like, Gary, Tinder, pops up. She messages. Paul, Tinder, pops up. She messages. Steve, Tinder. She's like chatting to about five or six different guys. Now, I don't know if that's 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 normal like for Tinder, but she's... She's like got five or six of these guys on the go. Presumably, they all think they're the, they're they're in the kind of running. I just thought, oh man, this is this is weird. You can uh, see my name on there, did you? <laughs> no, <laughs> it wouldn't be on there. Of course not. Um, I don't know. Maybe that makes me sound like a dinosaur. I don't know. I just found that very strange. Pregnant pause. I like it. So- yeah. I was going to see how long that would go. Gone wrong. I was going to see how long that would go, but I was worried somebody would just perk up with. <laughs> Is everything shut down? <laughs> I like the extended pregnant pause. Make everyone sort of check the podcast app and make sure it's not abruptly come to an end. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, Simon, but I wasn't concerned because I don't run the podcast. I was curious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a life skill. It's, it's something I talked to my daughter about about uh, managing silences. 
like um because yeah her silences can be heavy right and i say to her like um don't be scared of a silence. Let, you know, if you start, if, if there's an awkward pause, you know, in, and you, you know, maybe you're on a car journey with someone you don't know, and it goes silent, you got to enjoy that thing, and you got to wait to see what they say first, because usually they say something stupid. So I think it was me that I lost that game there right then, didn't I? I, I said it first, but it was because I was talking before. That was my excuse. That's good life advice. I kind of like that. Yeah, silence is gonna be heavy if you're not if you're not playing the game. Uh, I think they also signify we've had enough. So. Uh... <laughs> Thanks, Dave, um, for reminding me how much I uh, love, hate social media. Um, I thought we were going to do a bracket of, like, you know, Facebook versus Instagram versus... But it wasn't any fun at all. It was just misery. I'm still campaigning for the for the ice cream bracket. That's what I'm campaigning for after this was brought up this week. That's like that, that kebab corner this week's turned into one of those ones where none of you have got had any luck down the pub and you just sat kicking stones. You're really depressed. It was one the of ice those. cream bracket's on its way, so don't worry. Oh, that's good. That's exciting. The pie, pie. <laughs> right, we'll stop it there before uh, we come too long in the tooth, uh, like Rich. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> that's, one. that's one too many. I had to nail him one last time. Comedy, comedy's in threes, man. You've gone four. That's that. You've crossed the jumper shot. Sorry, Rich. That was harsh. Um, <laughs> New rule. No more, no more recognizing my birthdays from here on out. <laughs> Um, right, go follow this, the the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy wrote this. Follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart, and follow Gav at GM Boom Up. Um, all unfortunately on the social media, uh, and Rich obviously on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. Um, thanks so much for sticking around, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Cheers, guys. Bye. See ya. <laughs>